Dave Gentry, C.W. Greer, and Paul Barrett, the publisher of the News Gazette, with us this morning. Paul, how are you? I'm great. Love this weather. It's finally. <laughs> finally. Finally here. This is what you call fall in this part of the world? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it, <laughs> it generally stays kind of mild for a while. We'll see what happens. Here. I heard rumors yesterday that uh, sometime in October you usually get some warm weather again. Yeah. It's kind of a We have our Indian pattern. summer. Indian summer. Yep. Yeah. We do. And then it turns cold and stays cold. Yeah. If it does what it has I have done seen in the last few years. A lot of willy worms this year that are black, that are dark. Black. Yeah. Is and that right? That, yeah. So that, if, you know, and usually that's pretty, you know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, that's just, you know. No. Sounds like something Granny Clampett would come well, up with. I'm <laughs> telling you, more cases. <laughs> Just say more, <laughs> more cases than not, it is true. Huh. The color of the willy worm really does you know, make a difference. I usually hear somebody say that, but I hadn't heard a word out of anybody this year. So yeah. thank you for uh, getting our listeners well, on top of it. I, I, I'm glad to serve. Well, <laughs> that's right. We were just talking about California's climate platform that Gavin Newsom put together. There were a couple other things I wanted to mention. California's new oil production limitations could destroy tens of thousands of jobs. A state building and construction trades council warned they would eliminate high-wage industrial manufacturing union jobs in California's most disadvantaged and underserved communities, which represent the only path out of poverty for many. What does that mean? I'm not 100% sure, my friend. I'm not either. You almost, you almost have to wonder if California Democrats are trying to drive away working-class families and the businesses to ease the strain on the grid and meet their climate goals. Affluent progressives would then have the state to themselves. Well, I think that's what they've wanted all along. I guess so, that. and boy, they're well on the way to Just it. have their own little country out yep. there. and Probably wow. nice to visit. I don't know. Well, Gavin Newsom <laughs> wants to be president, so golly, that's yeah. what we could. That's what yeah. we have to look forward to. It it seems like. I think he's got a tough hill to climb. If he's it does act uh, like that. Mm-hmm. It does seem that way. No doubt about it. The rest of us probably wouldn't go along with most of. No, that. I don't yeah, think probably so. Probably right. Yeah. But it's so tough to take these people on because then. Yeah. They start in with all this sure. stuff. You're racist. You're this. You're that. Yeah. Sure. Like, Wait a minute. Yeah. And Paul, uh, just and on that, I wouldn't mind to ask you if, if uh, you coming to Illinois and you've been many states and yes. you know, and worked, were you surprised at how politics work in Illinois once you got here and really saw it firsthand, other than what you had heard before you got here? I I I guess I couldn't say I was surprised. I okay, did a little yeah. research yeah. and I saw that the you know governors don't last long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. But, you know, living in New York, you get a little bit of the same stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, now, in the South, it, you know, growing up in the South, particularly in the Deep South, where I did, um, politics is, is different in that it's, a, we call it a contact sport down there. You know, when <laughs> yeah. you, you the, the difference that I found in uh, non-Southern po- politics uh, in the in the South, people seem to be more direct about their politics. There, you know, there's there's not as much. Didn't seem to be as much. Uh, I guess you'd say backstabbing or you know mm-hmm. smiling to your face and mm-hmm. then doing something around the other way. They just come at Little, you more. Just direct. come at you right okay. at you. Yeah, that's why we call it a contact sport. <laughs> and having having worked for two governors uh, while I was living in the South, I saw a lot of that firsthand. Mm-hmm. I saw some. 
some pretty serious uh, political fights and feuds. Mm-hmm. And when I was in Meridian, Mississippi, we I brought my editor from Washington, my new editor. He uh-huh. was the he was the communications director for Trent Lott, okay, uh, Senator Lott, yeah. a Mississippi uh, Republican. So Buddy Bynum was his name, and I brought Buddy to Meridian to be my editor because we were a we were a political newspaper. Okay, we were very political. Uh, uh, there was there was one day I remember when we had the two gentlemen running for governor in our conference room mm-hmm. together doing yeah. a an editorial conference, an editorial board. We had uh, Governor Fordyce, who was the outgoing governor, in my office with his feet up on my desk. <laughs> and we had uh, <laughs> Haley Barber, this, the gar- who would be governor later that right. I worked for yeah. uh, four years later, uh, wandering the halls. Huh. I found him wandering through the editorial department. I, you know, Haley, can I can I help you with something? We've got the governor in my office. If yeah. you'd like to come sit down, no, I don't want to be seen with him. He said, <laughs> <laughs> and I've got the two candidates in the conference. Now that's fine. I don't need to see either one of them. Huh. And he just wandered around and eased out. It it was an amazing place. Uh, we we had every candidate for just about every job come through our newsroom. Wow. And the word was, if you wanted to be elected anything from governor to dog catcher, you had to come through the Meridian Star newsroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, created a lot, of, uh, a lot of excitement when we were in the know the yeah. way we were. <laughs> don't see a lot of that here. Uh, don't have a lot of political visitor we do on the radio during sure. election time and sure. that kind of thing but uh tell us about that guy you told me about who uh i can't remember where you were at the time but the disc jockey that you became oh, friends with. yeah actually that was also in meridian mississippi was it his name was eddie smith okay and eddie smith was the pariah <laughs> of the newspaper when i got there um <laughs> his his show every morning starting at seven o'clock was to start on the front page of the meridian star and it was a big paper like like champagne's paper Uh we were a big regional newspaper he would start on the front page of the newspaper and read the news read the headlines Uh and put his own little slant on them (laughs) where did they come up with this who wrote this mess you know and every radio station in every business in town between 7 and 10 o'clock in the morning had Eddie Smith playing in the background <laughs> as he trashed our newspaper every single day. And that was his that was his shtick was just to go through the paper and either trash the people in the stories, the reporters, <laughs> the paper itself. And so I invited myself on yeah, his okay. show. He couldn't believe that I wanted to come on there, but I did. And before I went on his show, I did a little research and found out he was from my family's hometown originally, Greenwood, Mississippi. Is that right? <laughs> and that as a as a high schooler, young Eddie Smith had a crush on my father's baby sister, my aunt Beverly. It's a small world. Isn't it? <laughs> it was a small world. So I called Beverly in Jackson and told her what I was up to, and she said, "Before you go on the air, you say to Eddie Smith." 
Beverly Jean Barrett says hello. (laughs) (laughs) And literally five minutes before we went on the air, I said, oh, by the way. And he was hot, man. He was ready to get all over me. He couldn't believe I was sitting there. And he said, uh, I said, Eddie, uh, I've got a. I've got a message for you. Beverly Jean Barrett from Greenwood, Mississippi, said hello. And that red light went on, and Eddie Smith couldn't speak for probably the first time in his life. And the first words out of his mouth when he could gather himself and, and go ahead with the show was, we are so fortunate to have Paul Barrett with us today. You really got him around a little bit. And life was good from there on. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Good old Southern justice. Southern, right absolutely right. Southern justice. Now, yeah. what was it like to go from there to New York State? Culture shock. I'll bet it was. However, yeah. I had this conversation yesterday with someone uh, who asked me about the difference between the New York and, New York and Champaign. We were mm-hmm. talking about that. Sure. And I think the misperception is that New York is New York City, that all of New York is New York City. I live in upstate New York. I live six hours from New York, from New York City. From New York City. Yeah. I've only been there once, and that was before I ever moved there. I went up to go to a ball game. Hmm. I live in a town of 13,000 people. Okay. And it is as friendly and rural. It's more like the South than it is here. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's every interesting. every I, I was telling somebody the first three months I was there, I bet I was invited to barbecues and backyard sit downs after work and uh, 20 times. Yeah. Just in the first couple of months I was there. It's a very, very, very friendly place. And I think that gets lost in the whole New York mm-hmm. right. thing. It's more like the South, at least where I live, it is. Well, it looks intimidating when you drive around with a car with New York plates. Well, I, it looks intimidating. I kind of like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that. Oh, yeah, you get a lot of attention. Yeah. Yes, sir. Can I get that sure. for you, sir? There yeah. you go. Yeah. They, they always think you're connected with the mafia. That's the first thing. I'll <laughs> bet. Well, who's going to win the Illinois game tonight? Oh, Illinois. Big time. Okay. I'm thinking uh, I'm, not, I'm not usually uh, one to predict. The score, but I'm going to say we're going to run it up a little bit. I'm going to so. I'm going to say 36-10, maybe okay. 35, 36-37-10. That's okay. kind of my score. All right. What do you think of Brent Bielema? I think he's great. I think he's he's a great head coach. He's got great assistant coaches. He's got great coordinators. Got to get better players. Yeah. We we have some superb football players here, but every coach. At the end of the day, we'll tell you, it it comes down to the horsepower mm-hmm. in that locker room. And when those guys, as he begins to build his his player base and we begin to do more recruiting in state and begin to uh, turn that talent pool up a notch, because it's all about depth yeah. in the Big Ten. You've, I heard uh, Coach Q on radio yesterday mm-hmm. uh, on one of our stations talking about uh, – the upcoming game, and and he's absolutely right that it really comes down to to depth. You got to play a tough season against tough ball players, yes, and you got to have guys that can hang in there and fill in when one of those goes down. Mm-hmm. And we're not there yet. We have right. 
you know, we have some good front-line players. Uh, and the second line and third line are still being developed and need to and, – and as time goes on, he'll build that. He's, mm-hmm. he's that kind of coach. He builds yeah. depth. Yep. He All right. Does. Well, Paul Barrett, thanks for your time this morning. We appreciate it. That's it. I still got coffee left. Well, yeah. (laughs) It's shocking. (laughs) We got more coming up on DWS.